A new show favorite will be back on Gesundheit with Jacobus this Saturday morning. Dr. Michael Platt, who wrote the book Adrenaline Dominance, will continue explaining adrenal, thyroid and prostate disorders, as well as anxiety, headaches and anger issues. Dr. Platt has enriched my life tremendously, and because of that, many of you in this community. Please help me to welcome him back. It's Gesundheit with Jacobus. Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. That is correct. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the program. It's an absolute joy to be with you this morning because we have Dr. Michael Platt back on the show. This is the first time he's on, the fourth time he's on, and I tell you that every time again, I'll learn a lot. And I hope uh, you do as well. Uh, plenty of questions we have for him today, and uh, he is ready to go. Let me give you a quick update here today. It is the 9th of December, and the temperature currently in Bozeman is uh, 19 degrees. So good morning. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus, and I am your host, Jacobus Holloway. We are talking about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles every Saturday morning. Uh, having the experts on, let them talk about what they do for a living, books they have written, research they're doing, anything that uh, that is that shows their passion. And we then are the recipient of that knowledge and that information and can hopefully use it in our own quest for better and improved health. And uh, always want to let you know that we're not here to diagnose, treat, or cure. And And one of the main reasons is that we're all... So we're all individuals and different factors affect us in a way that is unique. And so we cannot just say, well, this is what you need to do. Now, sometimes we make claims and we say, or claims, we, 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 we say, well, this many microgram, milligram, uh, this many ounces, whatever, uh, give that a try. But we're not here, like I said, to diagnose or treat or cure. It's primarily ed education, information, and, and hopefully some entertainment as well. So please, see a physician of your choice. Uh, Dr. Michael Platt, who is on today, he is absolutely available. I give you his number. You can always contact him as well. And you, uh, you then learn more something that is for you personally and let him help you or let any of the other guests who we have on, let them help you with uh, your, your struggles and with your fight and with your goals, setting your goals and reaching your goals. Dr. Platt has practiced internal medicine from 1972 till 2011. He began his career as an internist with Kaiser in Richmond, California, one of the nation's first HMOs, which is the health maintenance organization. The Kaiser philosophy of care at that time was preventive medicine, not managed care. He then moved to Los Angeles to join Ross Luce, which was the nation's first HMO, the nation's first HMO. Subsequently, he worked with a traditional medical group and then became a hospitalist with a number of acute care facilities in Los Angeles. 
In the late 70s, Dr. Platt turned his attention to convalescent home medicine. He developed insight into health problems associated with aging, which reinforced his passion for preventive medicine to prevent physical decline and illness. For a period of almost 20 years, he served as medical doctor for over 30 nursing homes in Los Angeles, California. In 1981, following the premature death of his mother from breast cancer, he discovered that keeping hormones in balance might be a key to wellness, a concept, he says, that was not taught in medical school. He learned everything he could about hormones, and in 1995, he opened the Platt Medical Center in Palm Desert, California, to focus on a natural hormone approach to wellness. Since that time, Dr. Platt has placed his attention on the causation of illness, and he has developed a protocol to eliminate or alleviate disabling conditions such as ADD, ADHD, fibromyalgia, menopausal migraines, osteoporosis, restless leg syndrome, weight challenges, and more. The protocol includes natural hormones, nutritional guidance, and supplements. Dr. Michael Platt has written several books, uh, two that we sell in our store, Gesundheit Nutrition Center, and they both have helped me tremendously to better understand concepts of how hormones affect our body, as well as understanding the possible effects of hormone therapies available today. The books are The Miracle of Bioidentical Hormones, and the other one is called Adrenaline Dominance, a revolutionary approach to wellness. Adrenaline Dominance, a revolutionary approach to wellness. Now, you can, you can go to uh, Platt, P-L-A-T-T, PlattWellness.com to find a lot more information about Dr. Platt, uh, and I highly recommend you do that. The telephone number where you can reach Dr. Platt in his office is 760-760-836-3232, And, uh, oh, I just pressed the wrong button and I hung up on Dr. Platt. So well, let me uh, make sure that I am going to call him back. Because we need that. I, I try to turn them on, and I, as I do that, I literally just turn them off. So what are the odds of that, huh? Dr. Platt, do we have you on? Well, I hear you now. Oh, there we go. Oh, my goodness. That was not the smartest mistake. The smartest uh, mistake I could have made. Okay. I'm so sorry. Good morning to you. Uh, well, good morning to you. Yeah, thank you. Press the, I, I go like, I got to turn them on, and I press the red button instead of the slider button. Okay. So, well, here we go. Well, so much to talk about, and it's so exciting to have you back on the program. Thanks for uh, getting up this early. Okay. Now, um, I uh, the book Adrenaline Dominance has absolutely fascinated me, and I have talked to many people about it, and it has been just an, an, an absolute uh, insight for me to understand more about adrenaline. And, and, and a few questions that I have for you um, – you know, adrenaline, adrenals obviously lay on top of the kidneys. They they bring, they, they produce several hormones. And 
a lot of it has to do with how do we balance the hormones. And I think that has been your work definitely the last 20, 25 years where you have focused so much on trying to help people understand what this issue is, why we have certain issues such as anxiety and depression and PTSD and autism and and, and headaches and insomnia and restless leg syndrome and ADHD. Uh, would you please explain to people what are these hormones that the adrenals make? Well, actually, uh, the, the two major hormones that the adrenals uh, provide, what, one is adrenaline and the other is cortisol. Correct. Um, other hormones can come from the adrenal glands, but not in high quantities. Uh, but those are the two major hormones. Um, and what's interesting is that, you know, many people know that cortisol is, is one of the causes of, of weight gain. Um, but what people don't realize is that actually adrenaline is more important uh, as a cause of weight gain and perhaps is the number one cause of weight gain. Um, you know, the book Adrenaline Dominance is the only book that's ever been written that talks about the clinical consequences of too much adrenaline. Right. So it's, it's a hormone that everybody has heard of, but nobody ever talks about. And, and unfortunately, doctors are not aware that excess adrenaline is the underlying cause of a lot of conditions felt to be incurable. Yes. Um, yeah, yes, but, thought to be incurable. That's right. Well, it's just, you know, as you mentioned, you know, doc- doctors are not trained to treat the causation of illness. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're trained to give out drugs, mm-hmm. but, but not to treat the cause. So, and, you know, that's one of the problems with, um, with our medical system, but that's the way it is. So, um, yeah, so, for example, there are probably over a thousand books on ADHD, but mine is the only book that, that mentions ADHD is all about adrenaline, and not one of these other books even talk about adrenaline when it comes to ADHD. Yes. So, um, it's just something that people have to become aware of. That's a, that's a good point, and, and adrenaline... My goodness, it, it has a, we, always, we call it the fight or flight mode, but what, what I have learned, my understanding from what you're saying is that the reason why we call it fight or flight is because the brain depends on sugar. I mean, the brain runs out of sugar, it panics, and it needs to get, it needs to survive. So it, it demands the adrenals to produce adrenaline, so the adrenaline has the job to find sugar in the body wherever it is and ship it to the brain. Is that a, a simplification of what's really happening, or is that pretty much uh, what, 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 you, uh, what you are uh, expressing in your book? Well, um, I mean, te- technically speaking, uh, adrenaline causes a, uh, a chemical reaction called gluconeogenesis, where the body can convert um, uh, protein into sugar. Right. Um, so <laughs> just to be technical. The, uh, but you're, you're right. The body, um, the, the brain cannot function without fuel. And one of its major fuels is, is sugar. And in fact, the brain uses more sugar than any other part of the body for weight. And um, and you know, when people get sleep in the afternoon between three and four, that that's a low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get sleepy when they're driving. I you know, I know myself. I used to have to slap my face when I was driving, trying to keep my eyes open. Right. And uh, some people get sleepy after eating. And so these are all low blood, blood sugars, but any time this happens, the body will respond to it by putting out adrenaline to raise sugar level. I, I want to I ask you that one more time, that sentence uh, you just said. Uh, the gluconeogenesis is something that has come to my attention lately. It is the conversion of protein turning into sugar. 
and you say adrenaline um, facilitates that process? Right. That, that's, that's how it occurs. I see. Um, you know, and then, the, and then when, when the body produces adrenaline, it creates stress. The body responds to stress by putting out cortisol. And the first thing cortisol does to deal with stress is to raise sugar levels through a different process called glycogenolysis. Mm. And uh, so um, where it turns glycogen into sugar. So when people are dealing with excess adrenaline, they're also dealing with excess cortisol, and both hormones raise sugar levels. And yes. it doesn't matter whether you're eating sugar or whether the body's making sugar. If you don't burn it up, all that excess... No, I lost you. Are you still there? So uh, yeah. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Well, you, what are the press, odds? Did we press the red the red button again? No, no, no. I'm just sitting over here. I'm just uh, literally taking notes while you're talking. Oh, okay. I lost you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is funny. This is good. This is live radio for you. You're right. Okay. So you you said when dealing with excess cortisol. Uh, uh, an excess adrenaline and excess cortisol. That's why, kind of, why you left off. Um, and and this is something that happens at night while people are sleeping. So people are gaining weight while they're sleeping. Uh-huh. And and it's something that nobody ever talks about. And it, you know, so those people that diet and exercise and they still can't lose an ounce. This is what's happening. Yes, I see. Now, this is really interesting. You and I talked yesterday, and I said, I have so recommended not only your book, Adrenaline Dominance, and we have sold so many books in the last two and a half years since you were on for the first time. I have also highly recommended people start using the uh, the Promax, the, uh, the Dr. Platt Promax, which is the progesterone cream that you have worked on and that you have brought out to help people with these issues based on your research on progesterone. And I told you, I said, there are women lately that have been coming in who say that when they use the cream, they actually cannot sleep at night. And this is usually where the progesterone, the Promax, should help people to sleep better at night, to calm the mind, etc. And and they're talking about they feel like hot flashes. They feel uh, even women in the 60s, early 70s get the feeling that they had when they still had their periods. So they said, we feel like we're getting a period. And I said, this is definitely a question I need to ask Dr. Platt. Now, last night you gave me a few hints, but we didn't have a whole lot of time to elaborate on that. Would you please explain why women, when they use it, or maybe even men, that they actually get a rush from using the progesterone cream? Right. It's, it's not a common occurrence, but it certainly occurs. Um, there's a condition called type 3 diabetes. You know, people have heard of type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. But there's another condition called type 3 diabetes. Uh, and another, another name for it is insulin resistance in the brain. What that means is, is that, you know, um, the body always needs insulin to get sugar into cells. Correct. But insulin resistance in the brain means that the insulin in the brain cannot get sugar into the brain cells, uh, that the brain cells are resistant to it. And why this is really important is that it's probably one of the most common precursors to Alzheimer's disease. Wow. Uh, people may have heard that um, coconut oil can almost be curative for a number of people with Alzheimer's, and that's because coconut oil provides a different fuel called ketones or ketone bodies. And ketone bodies are the other fuel that the brain, uh, brain cells use, 
and and ketones do not need insulin to get into the brain cell. So um, so that's why coconut oil is, is such a, a tremendous uh, asset for any kind of neurodegenerative type disease in the brain, including Alzheimer's. But wow. so so the thing is, is yeah. that when people already have insulin resistance in the brain mm-hmm. and they start using progesterone, one, one of the advantages or one of the features of progesterone is that it actually does create some degree of insulin resistance. And because of this, when people start using progesterone, they, they never get sleepy in the afternoon between 3 and 4 when insulin peaks. And they don't get sleepy when they're driving. They don't get sleepy after eating. Right. And, so, so, and, and why that's important is that it prevents you know, hypoglycemia. And when people become hypoglycemic, the body puts out more adrenaline. So one of the ways of controlling adrenaline is to, is to create some degree of hypoglycemia. But if you already have insulin resistance in the brain and then you take progesterone, it can increase that and make it so that the brain gets even less sugar. And this, you know, right away causes the body to put out even more adrenaline. So that's what these uh, people, and it could be men or women, yeah. um, experience. Wow. And um, if that's the, but so if that happens, um, there are a number of things that, that can be done. Yeah. Um, the, um, for example... Um, first of all, you don't, they, they, they won't want to use progesterone before eating, which is the usual time to use it is before eating, and just use it to, um, to block adrenaline when, when they have problems related to excess adrenaline. Correct. And then the other thing is to, is to add what are called resistant starches into their meal plan. Okay. And, um, and the, these are the kind of carbohydrates that uh, remain as longer in the bloodstream of sugar. And, um, the, and now there are a number of supplements that people can take. Uh, for example, uh, ber- berberine. Yes, I take is that. It's good for insulin resistance. And yeah. benfotiamine. I don't know if you carry that. Benfotiamine. Ben- 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 even, even inositol. Inositol, yes. Inositol powder is really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the other one is uh, benfotiamine. Is that what you said? Is the B1? Yeah. The, the fat-soluble B1? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so, but, but the thing is, but, but what it indicates is that uh, for the, for people to develop insulin resistance to the brain, that means they have not been providing fuel to the brain for a long time, um, and you know, eating correctly is such an important way, you know, for for health, but also for controlling adrenaline. So, you know, the the two major things um, are. Things like green vegetables and coconut oil or MCP oil, yeah, um, are, the, are the you know the, the main fuels that the brain requires. Yes. So. Wow, that is really interesting. I, I, I um, so you just mentioned that when people have the risk or the symptoms of type three diabetes, which you describe as insulin resistance in the brain, it would be very important for those people to use Promax right before they eat to help to already go on the insulin resistance uh, of the the, the insulin receptor sites. And uh, that is therefore a key for those people. They they shouldn't just take it when they have a rush or when they have stress. You know, you can always apply the cream. But you say... Well, actually, I I probably (laughs) said it in a confusing way. Okay. Um, They should actually not use it before eating. Not use it before eating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, 
because you, you don't want to increase the insulin resistance I see. Uh, in the brain. And okay. that's, you know, that's what progesterone does. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, so, so it's better to use it between meals. Okay. Okay, perfect. Folks, Dr. Michael E. Platt is my guest this morning on Gesundheit with Jacobus. I hope you're taking notes like I am sitting over here in the studio taking notes. Uh, this is such an important, such an important topic for all of us to understand better because, like Dr. Platt says, a lot of this is just not taught in medical school. And that's why so many people get confused with the topic of hormones. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, his book, Adrenaline Dominance, is uh, the one that we are talking about at this point. He has written uh, also a book on bioidentical hormones. We have a lot more from Dr. Platt coming up during the entire show. He'll be here for three hours. His telephone number where you can reach him, 760-836-3232. 760-836-3232. We're going to take a short break and we should be back. We have a caller, first of all, on the line who has a question. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program today. What is your name? How can we help you, please? I'm sunk. It's an acronym type of headache, a short-term unilateral. That's one side of the head. Neurologiform conjunctival injection and tearing. Yeah. In the promos, you deal with headaches. So I question, because I don't want to whine about this too much, but you have some ideas on this. It's a form of cluster headache. I tried to just tough it out with natural things for some years, but finally I went with my tail between my legs to the neurologist, and he uh, tried several pharmaceuticals, and we finally, and we, because we worked it out together, we settled on carbamosophine. Now, I've been taking that junk for several years, but you may have some other idea on this. Give you a suggestion that I've had from a health food guy called Anthony William, no S, and he recommends celery for headaches. I'm I'm sure celery it has Ce- like eating celery or taking celery yeah, capsules. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you know this theory of plant signatures, it sure looks like a nerve fiber because it's that trigeminal nerve on the side of my head that acts up. So the theory of signatures in a plant is that. If the plant looks like some part of your body, it's signaling you that you can be strengthened by that part. So walnuts would help brain because they look like gray matter folds of the brain and tomatoes help the heart, et cetera, et cetera. Now, do you have any natural organic ideas for my condition like that up your sleeve? Question. um, Do any of these headaches ever shoot into the back of your eye? Kind of. That's part of the definition. Conjunctival means that it's around the lid of the eye and tearing sunk the last two letters are conjunctival injection and tearing okay have you have you ever noticed that at, at the base of the skull on the side of the headache that this uh that there's a lot of pain if you press in for example your thumb at the base of your skull do you find a very tender spot now or during the headache not doing the headache okay tough it out and try pushing there no, it doesn't seem to do anything because I usually just hang on a door frame and pray to God when I get them. But that's another characteristic of them that I just looked this up that typically it lasts from five seconds to four minutes. It's just flash of bitter pain and then it's gone for some amount of time. Do you find that your neck is pretty tense? Yeah, that's what the massage therapist. And do you ever get ringy in the ears called tinnitus? No, no, I haven't experienced that. 
Okay. Well, <clears throat> um, see that <clears throat> there's, there's a, a type of headache called occipital neuritis. Yes. And it can cause excruciating headaches, and it's always mistaken for migraine. And uh, and it comes from the occipital nerve sheath at, at the base of the skull. And uh, it and this is generally only caused by excess adrenaline. Um, so what I would recommend, and wouldn't hurt to do this, especially if you have tension in the neck, <clears throat> is to apply progestin cream to the back of your neck. The back of the neck. And because the only thing that really causes neck tension is, is excess adrenaline. And hmm. um, and the progestin cream, you know, blocks adrenaline. I so, see. Um, that's what I would recommend. Oh, all right. Well, I've got some of the cream. I used it for a while to spreading it on my forearms, but it uh, didn't seem to do much for So, I've got half the tube left. Well, you need, so yeah, you need to apply it to the back of the neck. Oh, interesting. Oh. Oh, that would be something. Would you do that? Now, I have seen people... Uh, apply the cream to the forearms, Dr. Platt, and literally, uh, note, I, I can see their faces change within about five, six minutes, just calming down uh, when they're really agitated. And uh, so I'm wondering, uh, if does Daniel do that when he feels it, or should he do it at some point during the day as a preventative? Well, I would say both. Okay. All right. How, well, often, how often do you have them, Daniel, on a daily basis? Well, that depends. I can go... Uh, well, right now, you're also taking medication, right, you say? Yeah, and it'll sometimes cut through the medication. Before I took the medication, I went to the health clinic, and she said, man, I could time my watch on this. Every six minutes, you get a flash of pain. Yeah. And then I went home. She gave me uh, oxygen to breathe, and I went home, and it kept on. And I, I all through the night, it kept me awake. So I, every six minutes, that there would be uh, like two, three, four hundred on one day. So that was kind of at the bottom of the barrel there. Right. Well, um, I that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, people have to realize that they have to be eating correctly also to lower adrenaline in, in addition to using the cream. <clears throat> and the other thing, um, and you have to be fairly, you know, um, persistent about using it. Okay. Right. All right. Uh, do you have any uh, yay or nay about this idea of plant signatures? Like celery, it, for example, for the nerves? Yeah. Well, no, I don't. I, you know, but you know what it comes down to is so whatever works. And the yeah. other thing is that there are certain medications um, that fight for the same receptor sites that progesterone uses. Uh-huh. And so... Um, I see. That's so sometimes interesting. In fact, there are people on certain medications that can interfere with the action of the progesterone. Oh. Wow. Okay. Oh. So you, in a way, would say, in this case, uh, give it a try and, and eliminate the, um, the medication. Well, it sounds like the medication is not doing a whole lot anyway, frankly. Right. right. I mean, Daniel, can you say that uh, your symptoms are 50% better with the medication or 30% or 80% or 100%? Well, a percentage better, I wouldn't quantify it uh, that closely. Okay. Well, then maybe you should uh, try without for a few days and use the cream instead and see what happens. Yeah, fortunately, I have some right in the other room. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Well, I wish you well. I appreciate the call, and uh, that was, was very good. I know a lot of people suffer from headaches, so this is a very good advice by Dr. Platt. Uh, so thanks for the call, Daniel. All right. 
Thank okay. you for being there. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Interesting, Dr. Platt, uh, this this call. I, You know, I'm, I'm kind of uh, chomping at the bit to, um, to ask you this question that I got in an email yesterday, and we're kind of going all over the board uh, with you today. The question is, uh, it says, I have not read yet the book on bioidentical hormones, but I am reading the book on adrenaline dominance. Want, I want to know what Dr. Platt has to say about males, men, using progesterone cream in the setting of prostate cancer with bone mats. Are there any contraindications? And uh, perhaps this is answered in the book, which I will read next, but thank you. And this is from uh, from Julie. So uh, could you uh, jump on that that topic for me, please? I will, I will do that. The, um, you know, what, what actually causes prostate cancer is... is uh, is estrogen, and you know, and progesterone has three major um, benefits. It, you know, it, it blocks adrenaline, it blocks insulin, and it also blocks estrogen. Yes, and so, um, so there's certainly no contraindication to using it when there's prostate cancer, and um, and there might even be a benefit. Um, so. I don't know if I answered the, <laughs> what's well, the question. Well, so, yeah, so the answer is no. There's no contraindication to using it. No, and I and I I tell uh, uh, when I was reading the information, and I know that you agree, you, you do agree with this. Uh, I know the study was done by Life Extension Foundation uh, back in 2011, and it was published in 2012, in which they had tested over 2,400 men over the age or between the ages of 69 and 81. And the reason why they tested them, because they said most men at that age start having age-related issues, such as prostate cancer, diabetes, bone loss, uh, they have uh, obesity, they may get Alzheimer's, uh, they just said, and can- more cancer, heart problems, cardiovascular issues. And so they said, we just want to test these men, and we want to understand what is going on with their health? What is the difference? Why does it happen when they get older? And the biggest difference they found was simply the change in hormones. And so they saw that men over the age of, uh, when they get older, they're losing their testosterone, but testosterone partially is converted into estradiol, the, the, the hormone you're talking about. It's not just estrogen, obviously. It is primarily the estradiol that, that may cause the cancer. And we find estradiol not just in the conversion of testosterone from testosterone, but also in the environment. There's a lot going on with that. And so, right. what what I what I uh, what I tell uh, women, I said, and men, I said, you when you when you go to your doctor as a man and you test your progesterone, or excuse me, your testosterone, you also have to ask for the estradiol because 99% of men in this country have no idea what the word estradiol means, nor that they actually make it, and therefore they don't even know the number. And the doctor says it's a girl hormone, so don't worry about it. But I see indeed that as testosterone goes down with age and the estradiol keeps going up when those two meet and they cross lines uh we're having a big problem and 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 i was listening watching your video uh on your website uh, platwellness.com on the uh, plat tv i recommend people look at some of those interviews and and you mention indeed that the estradiol is the main cause of prostate cancer and uh, so people go like what so please explain that to us yeah, yeah, actually, men wind up with a higher level of estrogen than women have. Um, oh, wow! Uh, as they get older, and the, and when it comes to progesterone, you know, most people, including very often doctors, 
think that progesterone is a woman's hormone. But, but men and women have the identical hormones, different levels, but the same hormones. And, and men stop making progesterone right around the age of 50. It, you know, they, they stop making it. Yes. And it's after the age of 50 that men start putting weight on around the middle because, you know, progesterone is the hormone that, that controls insulin. And, uh, and they start getting prostate cancer because they have nothing to protect them anymore. Yes. So it's an important hormone, you know, for, you know, for men. You know, progesterone is an important hormone for men, women, and, and children. So I don't know if I answered your question. Well, yes and no. I, I see indeed, uh, you know, we can talk about this. very interesting. We have a caller on hold, and I get to your caller in just a moment, please. The uh, what, what, what Life Extension Foundation research, they said if... Uh, a man's total testosterone number should be between 700 and 900. If men get below 550 total testosterone, all of a sudden, even if it is one number, 549, 548, 547, there is an immediate 33% increased risk for cardiovascular problems and a 24% increased risk for strokes. But they also say if the testosterone is between 700 and 900, a man's estradiol should be between 22 and 30. So if a man gets above 37, they highly increase the risk for F4 prostate cancer uh, very quickly. And so uh, there are men who do the test and they show me that testosterone is, let's say, 300 or 400, which is about half of where it needs to be. And then they say, but my estradiol is normal, it's 25. And I said, no, 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 no. If the testosterone is between 700 to 900, then you should be between 22 and 30. So if your testosterone is at 400, you should be at about 11 to 15. You're already at 25, so if we double the testosterone and bring you up to 800, you'll probably be at 50 on your estradiol, the conversion, which therefore puts you in a much higher risk of developing prostate cancer. And I have seen throughout the years men come talk to me that they have prostate cancer after after they have gone after the age of 50, like you mentioned, they go on testosterone patches and testosterone injections because they're, they're losing muscle, they're becoming depressed, their libido goes down, uh, they just don't feel the same energy. And, uh, and, and that is why I, I tell them, I said, you're going to have to, we're going to have to lower the, proge- the, the, test, the estradiol, and you can do that in different ways, but progesterone, the Promax that you, that you provide is essential, in my opinion. And then also, let's see how we can raise the testosterone without raising the estradiol simultaneously. So that is kind of what I learned, and, uh, and, and I'm sure that you have seen those kind of reports as well. Yeah, well, you know, I've never been a fan of uh, of estrogen, no. and um, you know, to me, it's a very toxic hormone. So, um, but you're right; there are ways of um, of keeping an eye on on uh, estradiol levels and ways of looking. yes. So, uh, okay, well, that's that's really interesting. The the testosterone for men with a high risk of prostate cancer, there are different things you can do. Uh, indole three carbonyl it would be one way to lower your estrogens. A progesterone, the pro max from Dr. Platt, 50 milligrams in a pump is really going to be helpful. Zinc is essential. Uh, DIM, a product called DIM, D-indyl-methane, uh, D-I-M, is very good to help eliminate the uh, the bad estrogens out of the body. It, they neutralize the bad estrogens 
and then they eliminated them out of the body, and then you have something called calcium deglucurate, which has a very similar effect. So you have zinc, you have Promax from Dr. Platt, you have um, you have the uh, the indol three carbonyl, the dim, and the calcium deglucurate. So um, uh, I, I this is indeed like you say uh, you're not a fan of estrogen. Uh, maybe you can explain why women uh, why women. Uh, women start having female-related cancers as they get older, please? Uh-huh. Well, um, the thing about it, um, estradiol, it causes six different cancers in women. Yeah. Um, but it also, you know, it, it is the cause of fibroids and endometriosis and polycystic ovaries and um, gallbladder disease, asthma, migraine headaches, um, oh. blood clots. I mean, it's... It, basically a pretty toxic hormone yes and and what protects women from es- es- you know estrogen is, is progesterone yes and when you know look at all these women that are put on on hormonal birth control you know whether it be in the form of birth control pills or hormonal IUDs or implants um, you know when when women take hormonal birth control they stop ovulating and the only time they ever produce progesterone is when they ovulate yes. so you know, it, it's it's our medical system that are really creating problems for these women, and um, yeah, totally and, true. You know, that's the way it is. Mm. It's just um, so again, any woman that's on a hormonal birth control should should also should also be on progesterone. Mm-hmm. But better yet, they should be off of it. So they should also be on progesterone. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. You know, because they they're not making any anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, it is a complicated issue, folks, and, and if you have any questions, if you're taking notes and you, you miss something, uh, feel free to call the program, Gesundheit with Jacobus. Talk to Dr. Michael Platt, who is my guest today. He's a medical doctor who has practiced from 1971 to 2011. He has been extensively researching hormones, and he has a wealth of information. I, I just enjoy uh, going all across the board with him. Uh, talking about these hormone-related issues. Uh, I highly recommend that you come in the store and check his book, uh, Adrenaline Dominance, A Revolutionary Approach to Wellness, Adrenaline Dominance. Fascinating book. It absolutely changed my life. Uh, just my, my look, the way I, I started activating, uh, using it myself, uh, the, the suggestions that he has. Also, the progesterone cream that Dr. Platt has made. It's called Dr. Platt Pro Max. And it is 50 milligrams of progesterone in one pump, very well absorbed. Uh, we talked earlier about potential that um, the too much progesterone in some people can cause uh, hyperactivity, where Promax in general should calm the people down, makes you more focused, uh, doesn't make you fly all over the board, it really, which I'm trying to do actually today uh, with all the topics I'm talking about. But it's um, it's a fascinating book. I highly recommend it. It's twenty bucks, nineteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety five. And um, this book, when you start reading this, you cannot put it down because it's uh, you recognize yourself in it, and you say, "Oh my goodness, I had no idea." And the way Dr. Platt explains it, it's going to be extremely helpful for you. Now, also, if you want to check out more about Dr. Platt, go to his website, Platt, P L A T T platwellness.com and then click and there are several ways also resources and you can go to plat tv look at some uh, look at some tv clips of interviews that he has done sit down take notes learn from it uh, but also you find more researches resources and research 
that is going to be helpful for you as you are learning more and more about these unbelievable important hormones and something that most doctors are simply not trained in and now you can become educated yourself and that's always been what my show is about do you pick up on something that in that piques your interest so you can start using it and start reading more about it so that you have a better understanding and then once you understand it it makes total sense and when it makes sense you can apply it in your own daily life so uh dr platt it's absolutely uh absolutely great stuff uh the the hormones we we talked earlier about um the uh the hormones now one of the things that progesterone also with younger women it may have an effect i know we're coming close to a break but it may oh see there we go we actually have a break so i'm not going to even going to ask you the question um, okay yeah so the um i w- i want to talk also uh, more and more women come in they're having a problem becoming pregnant and young young women come in and then the age and and the endometriosis the fibroids the infertility the uh the 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 ovarian cysts these are all very interesting topics that more and more young women today are suffering from and i talk to them and i know that 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 they have questions because they're so excited about life but now they cannot uh, procreate and they're, they're very worried about it so hopefully you can help us with that in the next hour when we come back and uh, folks if you want to get a hold of dr platt you can give him a call set up an appointment 760-836-3232 we will be right back adrenaline dominance a revolutionary approach to wellness dr michael e platt p-l-a-t-t and uh, I highly recommend that if you want to learn more about some of the issues you're dealing with, such as ADHD or your children, you know, your children, ADHD, to understand why that is, or issues of depression, anxiety, IBS, hypertension, diabetes, weight problems, aging, insomnia, restless leg syndrome, headaches, addictions, addictions, folks, that is not just alcohol, that is not just drugs. There are all kinds of addictions that people have. They replace one with the other. Uh, Very, very interesting. Urinary urgency, fibromyalgia, cystitis, road rage, bipolar disorder, uh, cyclical vomiting, autism, post-traumatic stress disorder, and then premenstrual dysphoric disorder, very severe PMS. And I think Dr. Platt in the past has told me that is when a man should take a 10-day vacation once a month uh, to just get out of the house. And, and and so, of course, tongue-in-cheek. But um, absolutely fascinating to learn about these topics. And Dr. Michael Platt lives in California. You can contact him different ways. You can go to his website, plattwellness.com, and then browse around the website. And the other one is giving him a call and set up an appointment. It's 760-836-3232, 760-836-3232. And I just, uh, this is a message. Let me see. I always get tired about three in the afternoon and after I eat dinner. I almost always fall asleep. Please talk more about that situation. I also wake up after about four hours of sleep. Um, Dr. Platt, that is one of the messages that i just get on the text line uh good morning to you thanks for being with us and and do you have an answer for that well um between three and four is when uh, insulin levels are the highest uh-huh. so whenever insulin goes up blood sugar drops and when you take sugar away from the brain the brain falls asleep 
Um, and then as soon as people put food in the mouth, the body is putting out insulin. So this is why people get, uh, some people get sleepy after eating. And I mentioned earlier that some people get sleepy when they're driving or if they're, or if they're a passenger in a car, they, they can fall asleep. Right. So, so, yeah, they call this hypoglycemia, and, um, and it's very easy to, uh, to deal with. Uh, progestin cream used before meals will prevent this from happening. Okay. They won't get sleepy in the afternoon. They won't get sleepy when they're driving. Yes. And, um, the, um, and then they're waking up after four hours. Usually, you, you know, adrenaline peaks at 2.30 in the morning. Yes. <laughs> so I suspect strongly that uh, she's waking up because of the release of adrenaline. Yes. And, and this, again, can be this prevented. Is, this is actually a man who writes this. Okay. Um, it, uh, it can be pre- prevented by eating something before going to sleep and using some progestin cream right before that. Yes. And they should sleep throughout the whole night. Correct. So uh, That should help. Uh, uh, a little bit of fat, a little bit of protein, so maybe 16 grams of protein or so, uh, should be very helpful. Uh, so when you do that, both fat and protein digest about 60 times more slowly than carbohydrates. So if you if you are uh, if you ate at six or seven in the afternoon in the in in the early evening and you go to bed at 10 or 11, you haven't eaten at all. Then just like Dr. Platt says, your sugar is simply running out of the brain because the brain is overactive. And it it consumes all that sugar. The brain the brain consumes more sugar, folks, more sugar than any other organ in the body. And that is a fascinating thing where you don't you don't think about it, right? So the the the, the brain consumes more sugar than any other organ in the body, all the time, twenty four seven. And when the brain runs out of sugar, it panics and it it stimulates the production of adrenaline from the adrenals in order to bring to take sugar to the brain. And that is uh, that's very powerful stuff. So the uh, when you wait too long with eating, then yes, uh, six seven hours after you ate, which could be uh, two in the morning through thirty three in the morning, you wake up because your brain runs out of sugar, and then you lay awake because your brain is yep 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 talking to you. And uh, but also in the afternoon. So Dr. Platt, if somebody has uh, they eat a lunch or they've had the breakfast. This the same thing can happen in the afternoon, as the question states. Well, yeah, especially between three and four in the afternoon. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, they could yeah before before going to sleep, uh, eating some leftover green vegetables from dinner would be really helpful. Or okay. um, if they like sweet potatoes, they could slice them up and fry them in coconut oil, and that's a, that's a really good side dish wow. for the brain. Okay. Hmm. Um, or. But anything with coconut oil would be good, or, or MCT oil. Yeah, MCT oil. So, folks, MCT, for those of you who don't know what that means, it stands for medium-chain triglycerides. It's just a chemical makeup of it is the length of the fat. Is it a short fat, a medium fat, or a long fat? And the medium fats have the quality to actually bypass your liver and don't get stored there. They go straight to the brain and nourish the brain. And so uh, for a long time, the, the, the coconut oil was very popular uh, by itself, I mean, for a long time, for several years now. But then more and more research finds that there are three fats in coconut, and that is a lauric acid, lauric acid, caprylic acid, and capric acid. You don't have to write that down, just understand. Lauric acid, caprylic acid, and capric acid. 
And so the we, then the discovery came that lauric acid is actually more a long-chain fatty acid and really doesn't benefit us as much as the caprylic and the capric. So over time, last several years, there is a there is a, this, this this topic coming out. It's called bulletproof. And uh, it is for brain, and that contains primarily the caprylic acid, which is the best of the three. So they have been able to isolate caprylic acid and capric acid. So some fats that you buy in the store right now will say on the label that it is MCT from caprylic and capric acid. Uh, Others will say it is only caprylic acid. And so that will probably be the one that you want to try First, if you can, if you never tried it before, go for the capric and caprylic or just the caprylic acid. So hopefully that will help uh, the text uh, person. Now, there is another text, uh, Dr. Platt, and folks, the text message here is 406-266-7617, 266-7617, right here on Gesundheit with Jacobus on News Radio. AM 1450, KMMS Bozeman, AM 1340, KPRK Livingston, where Montana talks, and worldwide we're going over KMMSAM.com. Thanks for listening. There is another text for you, Dr. Platt. It says, is this hormonal manual available to the general public or to doctors only? Now, I, I do know that you have a manual that is not available to the public, but the books are available to the public. Well, yeah, the manual is on my website. Yes. And it's, usually it's for healthcare practitioners. I mean, it's, it's um, I mean, people that want to read about hormones, they can certainly get hold of it. Um, um, but, and then, you know, there's something called functional medicine. I don't know if people are familiar with that term. It, yeah. Uh, functional medicine doctors are, are ones that try to approach illness from the causation. And, um, and this manual is really, should be a Bible for functional medicine doctors. Yes, I, I um, totally agree. Because it not only talks about hormones, but also it, it also includes managing adrenaline. You know, as the as the information grows uh, in all the research that's being done, uh, your manual should be in the hands of every practitioner because it it is so essential to understand uh, the hormones. Why? Let me ask you, uh, Doctor Platt. Why do you feel? There is no attention really spent on understanding hormones in medical school. You know, for the most part, drug companies control what doctors learn in medical school. I see. Uh, this is not widely known, but that's the way it is. And and drug companies certainly do not want doctors to know the causation of illness because if they could actually de- treat the cause of illness, they could eliminate illnesses, um, which is not good for their <laughs> bottom line. Right. So, um, so do- doctors, you know, even, even though every every system in the body is controlled by hormones, doctors doctors get virtually no training in hor- in, in hormones. Yeah. And I hate to hate to say this, especially gynecologists. Yes. Um, the um, so so very often people have to become proactive and learn about how their body operates because they can't really rely on on a medical system that doesn't want doctors to know how the body operates. Yes. Now, talking about that, uh, hormones, young people, when they get married or not, uh, they would like, young women like to get pregnant or a couple wants to get pregnant, and they often fall on this issue that they are afraid they may not be able to get pregnant. Now, of course, it could have to do with the quality of the semen. 
And uh, I understand that uh, smoking marijuana can affect uh, the quality and the, 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 the quantity of semen. But at the same time, there is the issue of uh, infertility in women that may very well be caused by, um, uh, by hormones, obviously, by lack of progesterone or estrogen-progesterone imbalance. I like to ask you that question, but I just we just received a caller, so I like to get the caller on before he or she is waiting too long. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program today. What is your name? How can we help you, please? Hey, this is Ted Jacobus. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it. Good morning. Hey, um, so I got a question for the doctor. I have, I've used his progesterone cream that I've gotten from you, um, and I was having issues. I'm still having the same issues, and part of it, I think, is my diet. But what does he think of uh, of the ketogenic diet or that type of eating where you don't eat a lot of carbs uh, and how that affects the hormones in the body. There's a lot of claims that, you know, when you eat a certain way and then you do certain exercises, you create a lot of uh, natural hormones like human growth and other stuff like that. I, I, um, I, before Dr. Platt answers, I want to ask you, you say you have used the cream, but you haven't had success. Uh, can you tell us, share oh, with us what I, you are dealing with so Dr. Platt can maybe answer both at the same time? No, I think the cream helped me. I haven't used it in a while. I did use it last year, but that's just had, I just got a lot of uh, numbness in my arms okay. when I'm overworked and when I'm not eating well. <laughs> okay. So, I, you know, the cream, the cream helped me. I used it for quite a while, actually. I just haven't done it okay. lately, which I might have to get back on it. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? If you uh, if you are getting a prescription drug from a doctor, and uh, the doctor says take uh, two tablets every day, uh, everybody is just sets the clock on it, and they take that tablet until the doctor says you're off, you're done, you're fine, which often can be decades. Um, but you you buy something in a store that is helpful, and you decide, okay, I'm not going to use it anymore because nobody tells me to take it. <laughs> right? Well, isn't that, isn't that interesting? Feel, when you feel better. And I think it's a lot of things, you know, right now for me is I've got stress and then I'm overworked. And so all these things compound to, to affect me, Okay. you know, which brings back these symptoms. Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's kind of my, just my question is how that diet affects the hormones. The ketogenic diet. Dr. Platt, do you have any yeah. thoughts on that? Well, yeah, you know, the ketogenic diet is actually a very healthy diet. Um, it, it's not an easy diet, you know, for people to be on. Uh, you know, in order to get into ketosis, they have to eliminate essentially carbohydrates. Yes. And, um, you know, but they are forming ketones, and like I say, ketones are really good for the brain. So, um, and the, um, so if, if somebody has the discipline, to follow that diet, then that's fine. It, like I said, not easy. Yeah. Um, it um, it's not going to have a whole lot of effect on on hormones um, to some extent, but but if you think about it, you know, hormones are made from cholesterol. Yes. And the ketogenic diet involves a lot of fat. Yes. So so from a so it certainly can help. I, I guess from that standpoint, from making hormones. Um, so. You know, I haven't 
I don't know about any study. I'm sure there, there probably are studies about this. Oh, yes, this. of course. There are plenty of studies. I, I, I personally think it is a... It's a it's a very a powerful diet for some people, and some people definitely need to be on a ketogenic diet because of uh, sugar and insulin issues. Uh, at the same time, I think it is hard socially to uh, to be on a ketogenic diet for a social events you go to. Uh, that doesn't mean you cannot do it; you just have to be prepared. And 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 on the other hand, it uh, yeah, it, it it I I sometimes feel for the majority of people it would be more of a transition diet into something healthier so that they put on the brakes really hard to go on a ketogenic diet lose the weight feel better better brain energy but i don't know if if you can really uh, for everybody do this long term but that again i'm just throwing this out there i might be totally off is your experience that it could be a long-term diet uh, dr platt well uh, do, you remember, do you remember the Atkins diet absolutely but that's very yeah, different that, that was a ketogenic diet no really well, yeah, uh, you know, people would, you know, would actually check their um, ketones, you know, with keto sticks. Sure, they, yeah. you know, they check their urine to see if they're in ketosis all the time. Um, so, but I felt yeah, that, that was, the Ad- Atkins was really more protein and and fat, but this one, fat, this one is more fat diet. and some protein. I I feel in ketogenic is more fat and and moderate protein. Well, uh, well, it nuts, berries. <laughs> yeah. Think, okay. Uh huh. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, the, um, yeah, it, it, like I say, it's a, it's a healthy diet, Yes, but it's, it's tough. It's a tough diet. Have you, have you tried it, Ted, so far or not? Yeah, I did it for like four months. I lost 50 pounds. Wow. And I've kind of come off of it and, and now I'm feeling like I need to go back on. Why did you I decide to, to get off? Why did you decide to so get to I go? Met, I, I started, you know, because I wanted to lose some weight, and then I and then I kind of set a, a big goal to lose fifty pounds, you know, midway through, and I hit oh. that goal. Wow! And I I'm back probably fifteen pounds up a little bit, something yeah. like that. Uh huh. It, it it was kind of a tough thing to start, but once you get onto it, you know, when you have that long lasting energy, you know, you don't have highs and lows Correct. like you do on carbs. Yeah. Yeah, but um, now that I'm off, basically, I'm, it's it's kind of I feel I don't feel that good. <laughs> you I've don't... eaten a lot of crap. I've eaten a lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't have. You know, right? So and, food is indeed your so, medicine, isn't it? Food can be your medicine. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and so I'm just wondering how how. Um, other than this progesterone cream, I mean, what else can you? What else do we do for our hormones? Obviously, there's probably other ones out there, but. Um. Well, I I think one thing, uh, you know, Doctor Platt, and and I that's actually a very interesting question because one of the things that I think about is have a blood test, do a blood test, and find out where your hormone levels are so that you know what you really need to work on. But I also have heard you say, Dr. Platt, that it's not always about the numbers, it's also about how you feel. Uh, how would you answer Tad's questions? Well, in, in regard to what you do, you're just talking about, you know, I always prefer treating people rather than, than lab tests. Okay. Uh, and, and, and the reason for that is that when it comes to hormones, you know, the levels change... They can change during the day because a lot of hormones are released early in the morning. And if you have a blood test in the afternoon, that you can get a, a real low reading. 
And, and you know, on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, you know, hormones can change. Okay. But um, so you could never go wrong treating a person, but you can go wrong treating a lab test. Yeah. Um, we, so, sorry, we got to go. We have a break coming up, but maybe we can pick up on that when we come back, Ted. So I appreciate okay. your call and uh, yeah, keep listening you. for the answers. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Uh, all right, folks, we're going to take a short break. Like I said, uh, we're going to listen to news and commercials. We'll be back with Dr. Michael Platt. We're halfway done with the show. It's unbelievable. We only have three hours here, and there's so much to talk about. So please stay tuned. We're going to be right back. Thanks for listening. Question was, can men use progesterone cream, something that has been known for so long to uh, be a female hormone, and there has been a ton of um, ton of misunderstanding about men using progesterone cream, and not just men, but also children. And when I got a hold of Dr. Michael Platt, who is my guest this morning on Gesundheit with Jacobus, back in June of May of 2015, and I, I was sent a book that he had written, Adrenaline Dominance, A Revolutionary Approach to Wellness, dealing with all these different issues, which we're going to talk about, continue to talk about today, um, I couldn't put the book down. And it, uh, when we got to the first show, I just said, I, this is unbelievable. You have totally kind of opened this window for me that all of a sudden starts putting dots together. I feel that uh, uh, certain pieces of the puzzle that were missing all of a sudden were handed to me by Dr. Michael Platt in his book, Adrenaline Dominance. And uh, I have my enthusiasm, in my enthusiasm, I have shared this information with a lot of my customers. And, I, I, you know, not everybody has success with it. And so I've been confused about that. And I'm so glad Dr. Platt is on today because he has explained why some people don't have it. It has to do with the insulin resistance. It has to do with uh, when to use the cream. And uh, it has to do with uh, with the the, insul- the the progesterone going, the sugars going to the brain and, and insulin resistance in the brain. He mentioned it as diabetes type 3, which is new to people. What that means, insulin resistance in the brain. And so progesterone is is can be very effective but we have to use it correctly and so the progesterone is still a wonderful answer wonderful tool in combination with possible nutritional changes you have to make you have to say you know what what is my health worth and if you feel that you need to make some changes then be man enough to make those changes you know we 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 uh you know, if a man has his beer, that's his beer. You know, it may be there for the whole life. But I tell you what, if you don't feel good, you may have to change that beer. And you may just have to find out what is the potential, what is the reason why I'm having these issues and are willing to change habits. And that is one of the hardest things to do. And like Tad said in the last segment, he used the cream last year uh, because of numbness in the arm and other issues. And then he started feeling better, so he quit. And then he talked about the ketogenic diet which we started tapping into with Dr. Platt in the end of the last half hour. But, um, uh, you know, we sometimes we try things and then we give up on one, but maybe the combination of two or three different changes is going to materialize in us feeling 100% better. So be strong enough to to hold on to those changes and to, uh, to, to observe the outcome. Uh, this is the only body we have uh, till, till we die. And so to take care of it 
and to understand why the body starts to deteriorate is very important. And I know some of us have been uh, attacked, by, have been damaged by accidents or uh, when we were young, we overdid something physically and we're reaping the benefits or the, the, the side effects of that right now. Other people are very, they work very hard physically and they have literally abused our body to the point where uh, complete 100% repair may not be possible, but improvements can still be made. And so this is where, when I read Dr. Platt's book on adrenaline dominance and the bioidentical hormones, I, I said, this is a key because it just, we're not talking about it. And uh, when you don't talk about it, it's not top of mind awareness. And we need to have something that we say, hey, wait a second, maybe there's something going on. Now, Dr. Platt will be the first one to say that we're all different people. So the hormones may be out of balance. We just have to find out how to rebalance them. But in his research and more than 25 years just working with these hormones, he has discovered that so many things are connected to a lack of progesterone, lowering testosterone, lowering DHEA, and uh, because of an increase in estradiol in both men, women, and children, and uh, and then you know the the uh, the possible stress hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol. So it's it's absolutely a a great a great topic. And Dr. Platt, uh, again, thank you so much for your wisdom and for your knowledge and for actually stepping out of your comfort zone and saying I need to know more about this and help people. And 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 you are a trailblazer when when it comes to the hormones. Uh, so thanks for doing that. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So um, the the uh, hormones. Let's uh, you know. I just mentioned children. Now we're talking about men taking something like progesterone and for all the benefits. But but let's talk about children and what. How can children benefit from understanding hormones? Well, first people have to realize that when the fetus is in the womb. The fetus gets exposed to incredibly high levels of progesterone. I mean, huge levels of progesterone. Yes. And, and this is actually uh, helps the brain to develop, which also begs the question, when you have a premature infant, I don't understand why they don't continue to give them progesterone. But anyway, that's another topic. So, uh, <laughs> But the thing is, is that what very few people realize uh, is that there are a number of conditions that occur in children that are actually related to excess adrenaline. Uh, for example, uh, there's a condition called colic that, that babies run into, um, you know, where they cry a lot and they have, yeah. you know, they're actually having um, intestinal problems. Yeah. And, and so taking, just taking some progestin cream and rubbing it on the belly can very often, within about three minutes, get rid of the colic. Oh, wow. And then they have something called the terrible twos <laughs> in, in children. Yes. And this is also caused by excess adrenaline. And they also respond well to progestin cream. Yeah. But, um, but one thing that people really should also realize uh, is that there's a thing called bedwetting in children. Yes. And the only thing that causes bedwetting in children is excess adrenaline. Um, and, you can, and by putting these children on, you know, providing the right fuel for the brain, you know, the, the things like green vegetables and coconut oil yeah. or MCT oil, and... Um, and using progestin cream, within 24 hours, they can get rid of bedwetting in children. Wow. And, wow. Um, so, and you can't, you can't hurt children with progestin because that, that's why I start off by saying they get, 
they've been exposed to huge amounts of progesterone when yes. in the womb. So, yes. um, you know, and that is actually interesting because I think I've heard you say also that uh, why women develop, and we started talking about uh, not being able to get pregnant, but women who have uh, morning sickness, it's usually because of a lack of progesterone. Is that right? In that first trimester? Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. But, you know, what, what causes the morning sickness is excess estrogen. And, um, and progesterone is an anti-estrogen hormone. So it can certainly eliminate morning sickness during the first three months. And then there are some women that go into the second and third trimester and they continue to have nausea and vomiting throughout actually the entire pregnancy. Really? Yeah, they, they call this hyperemesis gravidarum. Hyperemesis means a lot, lot of lot of vomiting. Gravidarum is pregnancy. Yeah. Okay. So hyperemesis gravidarum, and it's something that doctors don't have a clue as to how to get rid of. But what causes it is excess adrenaline. That's the only thing that causes um, vomiting after the uh, first trimester. And so again, uh, progesterone and eating correctly eliminates this. Huh. You know that you, you know um, <clears throat> women get really abused by our medical system. Um, you know, when women are pregnant, you know, the, like I say, the progesterone level goes real high, and that's a feel-good hormone for women. And then after they deliver, there's a sudden drop in progesterone, and, uh, and they can um, experience something called postpartum depression, yes. which they treat with antidepressants or treat with estrogen, but actually it's a lack of progesterone. So, and that eliminates the postpartum depression immediately. So, right. You know, these are so basic, but remember, doctors don't get training in hormones, especially, in, and very often gynecologists have very little knowledge of hormones. Now, two, two questions I have for you. Number one, what is usually roughly the amount that women make before they get pregnant as far as progesterone is concerned? You, I've, I've seen you in your book, you say in that second, third trimester, many women start increasing their total progesterone per day to three or 400 milligrams. And so okay. I thought that they make about 60 or 70 on a regular basis. Is that a fair amount or is it a different number? Well, it's a different number. Um, progesterone peaks during the month uh, somewhere between 26 and 28 nanograms. That's it? Uh, yeah, that's that, that's the highest amount. That, yeah. Wow. And and but to be honest with you, I've never seen that. <laughs> you know, um, you know, women. You know, we have a worldwide epidemic of low progesterone levels. What wow. nobody talks about. Huh. Uh, but when women are pregnant, it goes up to about four hundred and sixty nanograms. I mean, wow. that's a huge amount of progesterone. And um, so, yeah. Uh, now the other the other question I have that is really fascinating. I didn't know it was that low. The other question I have is: you keep saying um, uh, excess estrogen, but is it really an imbalance? Because some women could have almost no progesterone production, and they could have low estrogen production. In this case, estradiol, and they could have all these symptoms of estrogen dominance uh, that, in, in my opinion, should have been called progesterone deficiency. Had they just called it progesterone deficiency instead of estrogen dominance, uh, women wouldn't go on the pill. Women wouldn't uh, deal with these hormone issues where they try to suppress estrogen. Um, when you say excess estrogen, do you mean more estrogen than progesterone, such like it is an imbalance, or are you talking right. about actual high estrogen? Well, either way. Um, okay. Yeah, you could have high estrogen, you could have normal estrogen, and you could have low, low estrogen, right? Right. Correct. Um, but, but, 
but the term estrogen dominance, what, what that essentially means is that the amount of estrogen um, is not being counteracted with progesterone. Correct. Correct. So, um, you know, John Lee uh, is the one that came up with the term estrogen dominance. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> and and for some reason, you know, he, he misinterpreted the... Uh, the amount of progesterone that a woman produces, that's how they came up with a 2% progesterone cream. I see. And um, But women produce a lot more than that. Yes. Uh, per day. Huh. So. Um, so let, let's say somebody has an estrogen dominance in which they, we're talking here, so again, about an imbalance between the amount of estradiol and the amount of progesterone. And let's say the estrogen production actually is low and the progesterone is almost non-existing. So there is definitely an imbalance and it causes all these PMS-related symptoms, which are about 27 or 30 different symptoms. If these people were to take, these women were to take progesterone, the, the 5% that you have, which is 50 milligram in one pump, um, if they do that three or four times a day, would their progesterone then be too much in relationship to estrogen, uh, or how would you go about that? Well, again, you can't. You, normally speaking, you cannot overdose on progesterone, okay. no matter how much you're taking. And um, and but there's no way that um, you can actually come close to the amount of, of progesterone that the ovary should be producing. Right. Um, for for example, you know, like I said. Um, you know, uh, a level level of progesterone in women is, 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 is like on day twenty one of their cycle is, is around twenty six to twenty eight, or it should be. Yes. Um, there's no way that you can get up using a cream to get up to that amount. Just couldn't be done. Um, because so nanograms. You can't overdose okay. on progesterone. All right. All right. All right. Okay, that's really interesting. Uh, there is a question, Doctor Platt, from the uh, text line. How do GMOs impact hormones and fertility? Wow. <laughs> um, do we have another three hours? The, um, yeah, I, I didn't even know where to start on that. You, you know, um, GMOs affect a lot of things in the body, and, and unfortunately, you know, they're finding now that it causes cancer and all this kind of stuff. Um, I, don't, I don't even know how to start talking about that. It, it, it's such a horrific type thing that we're doing to, to our whole system. Yes, that is a great point. I, and I was just thinking about that. We are damaging the hormones of the, of the planet. And uh, so that is going to go into the foods and we're manipulating it that way. And, 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 and because of that, it, it, it causes all kinds of problems. So definitely it does. I mean, how does it affect? Well, look around you. You can see what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I probably cannot talk specifically about exactly what hormones are affected, but but we know that it's affecting the body in ways that it shouldn't be. You know, they keep on raising the the, the toxic level. In other words, the, the allowable level uh, in Europe, it's much lower than we allow here, and um, I don't know. Yeah, but the, Europe is so densely populated that it affects uh, people over there as well. You know, absolutely. Um, but you, but you, you know, hormones um, manipulation is a big part of our whole food industry. Yes. You know, they they put estrogen into cattle and chicken to fatten them. Yes. And they put hormones into c 
cows, you know, to increase uh, milk production. Yes, and antibiotics. Um, you know, so so yeah, antibiotics. I mean, all and all this affects us. Well, I, we, I've told people, oh, so go, go ahead, please, go ahead. No, no, I just saying, and there's nothing there to protect the um, consumer from, from all of this. Right, and I've, I, I, I told, uh, the, I, I've tell, told people in the past the same thing. When, you, when you're looking at the fact that we have injected animals, uh, uh, cows, pigs, chickens, even farm-raised fish, with the uh, hormones uh, to, to increase production, and to increase the gr- their growth so that we don't have to feed them so long and we have the re- end result that we want, which is uh, get them to the slaughterhouse and get them, you know, slaughtered so that we can grow more. Um, all these animals, until the de- we've done that for the last 50, 50 years or so, 45, 50 years, that we have been manipulating the, the genetic structure in animals for consumption. And when you think about the fact that these animals are still alive for about, you know, cows for a year and a half, two years before they put them to the slaughterhouse, uh, chickens, now they are able to raise a chicken. Literally, I, I talked to somebody who, who's seen this happen in 28 days. They literally, from, a, from, from an egg bursting a chick, and then in 28 days, it's a full-grown chicken that is being slaughtered. It's unbelievable. And, but I said, while these animals are alive, they poop and pee wherever they stand, and that that stuff, that that fecal matter and urine, which carries some of these hormones and antibiotics, is going into the groundwater. And if you add that up in whole Western society where this is happening, where this has happened for the last 40, 50 years, the impact that it has had on the groundwater in our, on our planet is unbelievable. And then you add to that that women have been on the pill and on hormones since the late 60s, early 70s, and then the hormone replacement therapy in the 90s and and 2000s, and even still today, women also obviously use the bathroom, and so some of that residue is coming out and going into the sewer system and then ends up in the groundwater. You add up those decades of doing that to tens of trillions of animals and billions and billions of women in all the Western world this is an unbelievable impact that it has on on our groundwater and therefore on our uh, environment. Not a pretty picture. Not a pretty picture. And I tell people, hey, listen, you know, you are still taking showers and you swim in the lake and you go, you swim in the ocean, whatever. We are drinking water that it's impossible to get the, all the hormones out of. We shower so we get inundated with potential hormones that have not been filtered out and you do that throughout your lifetime you know it is going to have some kind of an effect that's what i think yeah but uh anyway that is a uh that's a good one i see there is another text uh, coming in uh i would like to know why it costs so much i would like to use it and have my wife and daughter use it but that it is so expensive also, could the packaging be improved there? Uh, there are three or four doses left in the bottle, and they're very hard to get out. So he's probably talking about the Pro Max here. Well, one thing, uh, uh, Mr. Text, uh, if you use the Pro Max, if you come in and you buy two, uh, you always get 10% off. So that would save you about, on two containers, a total of about 10 bucks, And that, uh, that makes it a little bit less expensive. So instead of the forty nine ninety five, 
for the container. And uh, that is partly because of the whole process is going through, plus the fact that you have 50 milligrams of Promax uh, progesterone in the cream compared to the one that uh, Dr. John Lee recommended, the 2% or 20 milligram. Uh, it is actually less expensive, relatively speaking, than uh, in a three ounce than the other cream. But Dr. Platt, go ahead. Uh, it is expensive. Could it be something done with the packaging? So uh, that the last four doses are hard to get out. you know anything about this? I haven't heard of this before. Well, if, if, it, if, if there's still progesterone cream in, in the container, um, the, that bottom shelf the, the, yep. on the bottom, there's a, a, a lid. Yeah. And that, that flicks off very easily. Yeah, you can pick it and off. They can, they, they can take a pencil or pen and push up on the inner shelf. Yeah. And so if there's anything left, that'll... that'll That'll um, bring it up to the top. So, All right. Hopefully that answers our uh, text uh, person. I appreciate that. And um, I, uh, if you want to get a hold of Dr. Platt at some point, if you say, you know, I need to know more about me, not me, but yourself, uh, then please call Dr. Platt in California. He's always willing to talk to you and help you with your personal issues that you're dealing with is fascinating you'll learn a ton and i really believe that you will be on the right track uh, many people can tell a difference within 10 minutes 5 to 10 minutes uh, definitely within 24 hours and as you you walk this path and see improvements uh, you're going to be so excited uh, you're going to share with other people because uh, more people need to know about this great great research 760 836-3232-760-836-3232 for Dr. Michael Platt. And it's uh, in Palm Desert, California at the Platt Medical Center. I also recommend you check his website, which is Platt Wellness, P-L-A-T-T wellness.com and just browse around, look at some interviews that he has done before but i really appreciate all of you listening i know that uh, quite a few people have told me that they're so excited that you are actually on on with us and i uh, i really hope that we can get to all of you with your comments and questions i know we're coming close to a break but i will do my best to get this uh, phone call in uh, caller good morning to you i thank you for tuning in today uh, what is your name please how can we help you uh Jacobus, this is john how hey, are john, you doing well thank you john for calling I want to ask. Uh, I want to ask Doctor Platt about um, hot flashes in women. Yes, is, is that something that is getting worse as time goes by? Has it always been this way? And what exactly is is happening in in their bodies that that causes this condition? Right. There, um, there, there are actually a number of reasons why women get hot flashes. And I want to double-check, um, Dr. Platt, because we're coming very close to a break. Here we go. The break is coming up. Uh, John, is it okay if we answer that in the next hour? Sure. Yeah, we don't have enough time. There will be a hard break coming up. I appreciate your call, and please stay tuned. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, Dr. Platt, let's, let's, uh, you, uh, you have five minutes to uh, think about it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you can always do that. So, uh, folks, I, I tell you, I, I'm so excited. Uh, two hours are already gone. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as I do. We're going to take a short break, give Dr. Platt a chance to catch his breath. And then when we come back, uh, we have more of your calls and comments and more of Dr. Platt's wisdom. Stay tuned. We'll be right back, please.
Now, uh, right before the break, uh, John called and asked uh, Dr. Platt about hot flashes in women. Uh, so I, I do believe that John is either married or he must be in a relationship, and he is a little worried, uh, Dr. Platt, uh, because it may affect him as well. Uh, so what what can you tell us about hot flashes in women? And also, can you add to that when women are older and and uh, start having hot flashes again even many years after they have gone through menopause? You know, classically, the, the cause of hot flashes has always been attributed to a drop in estrogen after the menopause, and which may or may not be true, but um, and the um, but they also feel that after the menopause, there's an increase in something called luteinizing hormone, and there have been studies to show that it's actually luteinizing hormone that causes hot flashes. And then the other thing is that once women are put on, on estrogen after the... Um, menopause like Premarin, then it's ex- and then coming off Premarin can always cause hot flashes, and it's, in fact, probably the hardest to treat. Um, but there's another cause of hot flashes that people are not aware of, and that's actually adrenaline. Um, and in this case, uh, women would find that the hot flashes are mostly coming on early in the morning, which is when adrenaline is released, and if they ex- uh, experience hot flashes during the day, then they would find that it, it happens when they're under stress. And this is also, so this is adrenaline causing hot flashes, and that's the easiest one to treat. You know, uh, and that, again, progesterone would take that away. Okay. Uh, the, 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 uh, tell us, please, the luteinizing hormone. It is a hormone made by the pituitary gland in the brain, or, or the pituitary gland, yes. So please tell us, what does the luteinizing hormone do? Well, normally, normally speaking, what it does is, is get the ovaries ready to produce hormones. Okay. And um, so, but after the, you know, but after women go into the menopause, the ovaries are no longer able to produce hormones. Correct. And so, you know, uh, again, the hormone levels go down, and, and you know, again, the pituitary keeps on sending out signals that are not able to be interpreted by the ovaries anymore. So. I see. I see. It looks like the dog uh, has an answer for that as well. So the luteinizing hormone, that is indeed, uh, that's indeed a very interesting hormone. So uh, do, does the pituitary still make some after menopause, but it, it, it shouldn't be as strong as it was uh, during the menopause or the, during the uh, premenstrual years? Well, the, actually, no, the the, um, the, horm- the uh, hormones from the pituitary actually go up after the menopause. Um, and, you know, so, you know, doctors, they they um, uh, look at the FSH level and luteinizing hormone, uh, luteinizing hormone levels, and both of these levels go up after the menopause, and it, and uh, and that's because the, the hormone levels are going down and they're not able to go back up again. Okay, so. okay. And, and, and so you say, now, and, and, and stress, that is an interesting thing because I, as I talk to, uh, to people uh, at the store about stress, many people will say that they're not stressed. They say, my life is a lot better than it used to be. I'm more uh, calm. But then when you ask them uh, a little bit of the family dynamics, it could be that even though they don't have to work eight to five or whatever schedule they would have, they are still 
in their mind, always busy. They're always busy-brained. And and that is, I would say, you probably would call that ADHD, either a, a typical ADHD or cr- uh, creative ADHD. Their mind just will not stop thinking, working for them. And, and that is something that people don't always understand, that actually the brain is the one that's constantly going. Now, it may not always be stressful thoughts, but you're continuously working it's continuously working, and as we get older, we, we, we sometimes worry about the children, the grandchildren, we worry about uh, the neighborhood, we worry about, we get these little worries, and they all add up. It's a calculation thing that the more, the more you have and the longer it lasts, that your uh, adrenaline can actually go up and you deal with issues such as adrenaline dominance. Is that correct? Well, let me, let me try to <laughs> make a little bit more Sense, sense of that, yes, okay. <laughs> the, um, you know, I use the term creative type ADHD uh, in place of the other term, which is always used, called ADD. Now, AD, ADD is attention deficit disorder, and they uh, this is what they call children that have trouble focusing in school, but they're not hyperactive. Kids that are hyperactive, they call ADHD, attention Correct. deficit hyperactivity disorder. But kids with ADD, um, you know, they um, they have trouble focusing, but they're not hyperactive. But these are creative-type children. And the thing about creative-type people, they have the most adrenaline. And, and, and people should keep in mind that the reason why the body is putting out all this adrenaline is to raise sugar levels for the brain. And, again, you know, it doesn't matter whether people are eating sugar or whether the uh, body is making sugar. If you don't burn it up, all that extra sugar gets stored as fat in the fat cells. So kids with ADD, because they're not hyperactive, they're not burning up their sugar, they always have a weight issue. And, but, um, but, so these are what I call the creative type ADHD. And the thing about adrenaline, it, it is, it's a hormone, but it's also a neurotransmitter. And the neurotransmitter is what gives people intelligence and enhances creativity. And people that are creative are the ones that, you know, when people are, are they're called right-brained. And when people are right-brained or creative and they have a lot of adrenaline, the adrenaline in a right-brain allows them to tap into the energy that goes through the air. A lot of energy going through the air from things like cell phones and Wi-Fi and satellites and garage door openers, a lot of energy going through the air. Yes. And because they can tap into that energy, this allows them to be very intuitive about people and have premonitions and deja vu type feelings. Yeah, yeah, and when the phone rings, they'll either know who it is before they answer or they'll say, I was just thinking about you. Yeah. And, and, the, um, and this is the same thing that dog whispers and horse whispers use to communicate with animals. Yeah. And clairvoyants and psychics yes. are able to use this energy. Um, but people that are creative, they should notice that animals are very attracted to them because the animals can sense this energy that they have. And I you know, find it very interesting. That, mm. um, so, But the whole thing about creative-type people, they have the most adrenaline. And, uh, and if you think about it, you know, people in Hollywood and people in the music industry yeah. um, very often are getting into drugs and alcohol. Right. And, and the reason yeah, for yeah, that yeah. is that when people have a lot of adrenaline, you know, it makes them you know, very tense and stressed out and whatever. And they get into drugs and alcohol just to relax, just to chill out. So people in the, uh, you know, they very often get into drugs and alcohol. 
and people in Hollywood always have a weight issue. You know, they're always struggling with weight. You know, look look at all the magazines that talk about weight. You know, uh, you know, diet, special diets and stuff like this. Yeah. Um, but you know, because again, you know, adrenaline and 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 you know, cortisol, you know, puts puts weight on all the time. Mm. Okay. So I don't know if I answered any questions. So. No, you didn't. No, of course you did. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, Dr. Platt, this is uh, Mike on the text line, and he says, uh, my question is, I had low-grade bladder cancer recurring, but I also have an enlarged prostate. How do hormones affect uh, prost- prostate size, etc.? Thank you. Well, you know, there are basically two hormones that affect the prostate. You know, one, <clears throat> one is estradiol. Yes. And the other is uh, a hormone called DHT or dihydrotestosterone. And, um, and these are the two hormones that cause enlargement of the prostate. Okay. Um, you know, people probably have heard of soil palmetto, and, you know, that helps um, lower DHT levels and um, beta cytosterol and, and things like this. Um, when, and, you know, progesterone blocks, um, helps to block estradiol. And, but, the, but you know, it, it's interesting because, um, you know, testosterone, um, you know, causes an elevation both of estradiol as well as DHT. Okay. And, Correct, um, yes, yes. And yes. progesterone is both an, an alpha... Um, um, Reductase? Well, it, it's an aromatase inhibitor aromatase. and a... Oh, sorry, and, what and is that? Also, sorry, it is an aromatase inhibitor and? And also an alpha, um, I'm to blank here, alpha, it, it also blocks the enzyme that creates DHT. Okay, okay. So, um, so again, you know, progesterone is always good for the prostate. Is that alpha reductase? Alpha, thank you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> thank you. Um, and, um, but in terms of the bladder cancer, you know, people always have to remember that that you know the immune system uh, has a tremendous effect on cancer, and you know very often when people get chemotherapy or radiation, you know it, it has a detrimental effect on the immune system. So anything that people can do that to enhance their immune system is always good. Yes, um, and that's where certain supplements come into uh, into, into place. being. Yeah. But, now the uh, so the the bo- so you see that could be a potential link between the enlarged prostate in Mike's case as well as the low grade bladder cancer there could be a connection between the two No I don't you know I don't think so um you know bladder cancer most commonly is attributed to cigarette smoking Oh um it's not it's not really a hormonal type cancer that I'm aware of Okay uh, prostate cancer is definitely, or or, pro, or prostate enlargement, are definitely attributable to hormones. Yes. Um, so I don't know if there's a connection. There might be that I'm not aware of. Okay. So the 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 thing is that uh, how do hormones affect the prostate size, etc. Uh, uh, some things that Mike may have to do is help reduce the size of the prostate. And uh, I, 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 would you suggest then something like a saw palmetto? Or do you say, no, the progesterone will help or something to reduce the estrogenic compounds? Um, uh, what, what would be some of the things that you recommend to balance those hormones? Well, you know, when it comes to, 
to the prostate, uh, what it comes down to is whatever works. Yes. You know, there's things like Pygeum and Nettles Extract. And, right. Nettle Root, yeah. Uh-huh. And beta-cytosterol. And, you know, but, um, you, know, you know, which may or may not help, but it's certainly worth trying. Correct. And anything to lower estrogen, you know, like you mentioned, you know, DIM, diindolmutase, and indole-3-carbinol. And yes. Help, you know, calcium glucarate and, um, and zinc. You know, zinc is also an aromatase inhibitor. Yeah. What that means is that, is that uh, when, it, when I use the term aromatase inhibitor, it prevents the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. Correct. And um, Now, a, a, another one that I would highly recommend if people have bladder cancer or an enlarged prostate with the possible, possible risk of uh, cancer, prostable, uh, prostate cancer would also be to make sure your vitamin D3 levels are increasing i i've been reading more and more about vitamin d3 that it has been used positively in about 26 different cancers and i know it it, it includes uh, breast and brain and thyroid cancer and and prostate cancer as well so get your vitamin d level uh, d3 do a blood test make sure it is definitely over the number 60 and I would say if you have cancer, make sure that you get over 75, between 75 and 100. It is unbelievable how a simple vitamin such as vitamin D3 can be so powerful in our body to help our immune system and, and to, to help fight the potential risk of cancer. Now, clearly, when you talk to Dr. Platt, it is, there are different causes of, uh, of of cancers, and that is, first of all, indeed, the weakening of the immune system. And how does that happen? Well, we're talking about it. Stress, diet, um, uh, hormones, uh, hormone imbalance. So it, it, it takes a more package. It wouldn't be that simple. But I, I personally would always make sure that if you have any risk for cancer, uh, increase your vitamin D level, do a blood test, and make sure you get... Definitely over 60, but preferably be somewhere between 75 and 100 on your test. Can I comment on that? Please do. Um, yeah, I'm a, you know, vitamin D is probably my favorite supplement, so I'm, I'm Thank big. you. And, and the thing about vitamin D, uh, it, when you say a blood test, it, you know, if you have not been on vitamin D, it's not necessary to do a blood test because it's going to be below normal. And, and the reason I say that is that, we, you know, they've, people have always been told to go out in the sun and get their vitamin D. Uh, increase. What they're not telling people is that we've lost the ability to convert sunlight into vitamin D. So everybody in the country is low in vitamin D. Correct. It's low normal. Yep, yep, yep. And, and, the, um, and, and when you take vitamin D, you really should take it with vitamin K. And, and the reason for that is that the one downside to vitamin D is it can put calcium into your blood vessels. And they call that hardening the arteries. And vitamin K not only prevents that from happening, but it also takes calcium out of your blood vessels and puts it into your bones. And vitamin K does everything that vitamin D does. And um, so vitamin D and vitamin K should be taken together. Yeah. Um, I usually recommend about 15,000 units of vitamin D. All right. Which will actually bring your level up to about 150. Okay. And... You know, because they don't know what a normal level is. You know, the the upper limbs are normal. They put it at 100, but that's an arbitrary number because they had no way of trying to figure it out. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but but in the old days, when we could go out in the sun and get vitamin D, 
15 minutes of sunshine provided 15,000 units of vitamin D. So even though it may sound like a whole lot, mm. to me it isn't. And um, Yeah, I, I had a gentleman in the 70s who uh, was taking 5,000 IUs, international units of vitamin D, and after three months he tested it and he was still at 18. And Well, uh, I can tell you why. Okay. He was, was maybe not issue. taking it with uh, fatty food. Well, no, he was, no, he was probably taking a gel cap. You know, they, they put oil in, in, in these gel caps. Sure. Again, again, with the thinking that vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, but vitamin D is not a vitamin. It's a, it's a pro-hormone. It's a hormone. And the, and the oil actually impairs the absorption of the no vitamin way. D. No way. Really? Even yep. olive oil? Any kind of oil will impair the absorption of vitamin D. Whoa. So what can so you I, do? I, so you have to I, apply it uh, topically. No, you you can have a capsule with powder instead of the. Um, in fact, I hope I'm, not, I hope I'm not busting your bubbles here. But yeah, you are busting my bubble. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Unfortunately, oil will always uh, cut down the uh, absorption of the vitamin D. That is so interesting. Yeah, because I I heard all along that it is important that people take the vitamin D with fatty food to make the fat absorb, just like you take it with uh, a vitamin A, vitamin K, vitamin E, all the other fat-soluble vitamins. You yeah, should but, take act, with... but again, vitamin D is not a fat-soluble vitamin. So oh, you're right. I know that. Really? Huh. Yeah. Well, that'll burst a bubble. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> but still... I do see people take vitamin D and the levels go up, even if they take it in a capsule. Oh, yeah, it'll go up, but it won't go up as high as if it was um, a powder. All right. Well, I, I'll let people play with that, and I may just have to uh, get rid of all my vitamin D and change it into powder form. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, but uh, there is also uh, vitamin D uh, topically. Right. Yeah. What do you think of that? Well, I, you know, I haven't used it, but I know that it's available, and um, so I can't comment on it. But I, it, but it, it should be, it should be fine. This goes directly into the bloodstream. Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh, all right. Now, I I did get a follow up text uh, from Mike, and he said he was very thankful for your thoughtful answers. Obviously, life is extremely complicated, and to discuss something like this over the phone. Is nearly impossible, but I loved your answer. Thank you. So that's very nice. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Uh, we also have a caller on the phone. Call. I want to let you know that we're coming very close again to a break, but we'll try to get your uh, comment in. Uh, good morning to you. What's your name? How can we help you? Hey, good morning, Jacob. This is Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. Yes, I can fit it in. I can fit it in. So vitamin D, you're talking my talk. Um, is the vitamin K that you said is good to take with it? Can you get enough vitamin K in a multivitamin, or do you need uh, its own pill? Because I take a multivitamin that has vitamin K in it, right? That nature source. Yeah, but you uh, yeah, but you need vitamin K two. K two, got K2. you. Okay, and that's yeah. not in there, right? Uh, you have to check, but oh, you okay. need you need at least forty five microgram of vitamin K two. And then specifically the MK7, which is the better absorbable one. So just to keep that in mind. Um, gotcha. Yeah. But that is what all I right. would do, uh, Kevin. Yeah. Looks like I need to come by. Yeah, you will. Uh, all right. we, we all we all need to learn. <laughs> thanks for, thanks right. for the call, right. thanks, Kevin. Yep. Okay. Bye-bye.
Uh, okay, Dr. Platt, uh, we're going to take another break. And then okay. we have the last half hour, Dr. Platt. And uh, uh, can, it, can somebody slow down the clock for me, please? Because it's just uh, it's not good. Okay, we're going to take a short break. Uh, so stay tuned for news and commentary and commercials. And then when we come back, we simply will finish the show with Dr. Michael Platt. If you want to get a hold of him in between, 760-836-3232 to get a hold of him and to set up an appointment. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Health experts, witnessing them at the top of their game every Saturday morning on Gesundheit with Jacobus. Okay, the question is, might as well jump on a Dr. Platt. Uh, and th- again, thanks for being, being here this morning. Uh, how does someone with a predisposition to clotting and is taking blood thinners deal with vitamin K? And what is a person who is highly creative do about weight control? Oh, boy, loaded question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, <clears throat> well, firstly, you know, you mentioned vitamin K2, yeah. uh, MK7. Um one of the advantages of vitamin K2 is it does not affect clotting. Uh, vitamin K1 does. You know, that's one, you know, that they get from vegetables and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, so vitamin K is safe to take with, with a clotting disorder. Okay, perfect. And then specifically the MK7, and my understanding is that the MK7... And, and in terms of the creative type people, yeah. again, um, they need to be eating correctly to provide fuel to the brain. And also, and that's the... Um, MCT oil or the coconut oil, and <clears throat> and vegetables or any kind of low glycemic carbohydrate, um, and and plus the progestin cream, and that'll you know, and that that will deal with <laughs> with the people with excess adrenaline from being creative. Okay, now then I want to go back to what we talked about in the first half hour, which was a little bit confusing. Uh, when do these people? So what are highly creative and about weight control? When is it best for them to take? the uh, progesterone is that before a meal yeah before yeah uh about one to three minutes um before they eat because because one of the ways of controlling adrenaline is to control insulin and as soon as they put food in their mouth they're putting their body's putting out insulin so it's always best to have progesterone in the bloodstream at the time that they're eating i see so um yeah so so before breakfast lunch dinner and before eating something before going to sleep okay um, okay, that is uh, that's really good stuff. Now, I I want to talk with Dr. Platt, uh, folks. You can call 522-8255, 522-8255, or text me indeed at two six six seventy six seventeen. And I I have to give out Dr. Platt's number for those of you who say, "Whoa, I need to talk about myself. I need to set up an appointment." He is in California, but he is very willing to help people. I've several people have already come back to me and said. They have talked to Dr. Platt after the radio show to talk about their own personal issues, and he has been very, very helpful. So his number down in California is 760-836-3232, 760-836-3232, and then you can contact him. Uh, you can also go to his website to learn more. It's called Platt, P-L-A-T-T platwellness.com and to get some inside information and look at some videos as well on Platt TV and uh, you can just learn from that. So uh, Dr. Platt, it's uh, it's absolutely a pleasure that you spent so much time with us and this is the fourth time we have you on and I already feel we got to sign up for another show because a lot of un 
uh, explained thing, not unexplained, not on your part, but simply unexplained things that we need to discuss. Um, I want to ask you about, uh, we're talking here about weight gain and uh, often weight gain, people who deal with weight gain, they come in and they have a thyroid condition. And I see so many similarities between adrenaline dominance. Um, I do know there is a there is a there is a connection between the pituitary gland, the thyroid in the throat, the adrenals on top of the kidneys, the pituitary in the brain. And I see symptoms such as apathy and depression and anxiety and headaches and insomnia that are overlapping in people with ADHD or creative ADHD, which you say is like ADD. And, and people with thyroid disorders. And could you give us some insight what you, what you have learned working with people with thyroid disorders? Okay. The, um, the thing about thyroid, thyroid is a stimulant. And adrenaline is a stimulant. And people that have a lot of adrenaline do not tolerate thyroid. And the body recognizes that when people have a lot of adrenaline, that, that, that thyroid can be a problem. So when... The body releases adrenaline, which creates stress, and then the body then puts out cortisol to deal with the stress. Cortisol is an anti-thyroid hormone, and oh. what it, and so some of its um, features is that it, it prevents the conversion of T4 into T3. T, T3 does ninety percent of the work of the thyroid. I mean, yes. it's the thyroid hormone, even though doctors very often do not even look at T3 levels. Um, and the other thing is that it causes T3, the active hormone, to convert into something called reverse T3, which doesn't have any activity. So, so when people do have excess adrenaline, there is very often a, uh, a thyroid issue. And the other thing is, is that when people are living on adrenaline and, and, and they have an underactive thyroid, that underactive thyroid goes unnoticed because they're living on adrenaline. But, but when they lower their adrenaline levels, if, if they're low in thyroid, that's going to kick in right away. And so when somebody all of a sudden starts using progesterone and all of a sudden becomes really tired, then that's probably the low thyroid that is now kicking in. Yeah. And now the thing about thyroid, you know, it, and unfortunately, again, we've mentioned before, doctors don't get any training in hormones, or very little, very little training. Yeah. And, and they have a tendency to treat lab tests rather than people, but... But some of the classic signs of an underactive thyroid that people can test themselves, um, if they have cracked heels, if the, the skin over the heels is cracked, that's classic for a low thyroid. Oh. And if their nails are soft or chip, um, uh, chip easily, then that's also a low thyroid. Yeah. Hair loss, very commonly, is a low thyroid. What, what, uh, which one? Check the body temperature. Yes. And if it's 97 or less, that's probably a low thyroid. Yeah. And it's best to check it in the morning. Um, the the thyroid controls metabolism in every cell of the body. So obviously, when people are low in thyroid, it, it can be a lot of different effects. Yeah. So, um, and unfortunately, you know, when, when doctors do lab tests, you know, as long as it's within normal limits, they say, you know, your thyroid is fine. <laughs> but there's such a wide range yes. between the lower limits of normal and the high, higher limits of normal that. You know, when it says it's within normal lips, it has no meaning. Um, so yeah. it, it's it's tough out there. Um, but, you know, the other thing is is that people should realize that the thyroid controls cholesterol metabolism. And, you know, and I remember when I did my training, uh, when I was in, you know, <laughs> many years ago, they used to call um, 
<clears throat> cholesterol, the poor man's thyroid test. Yes, and, I, and I heard it seems that. like doctors have forgotten that that thyroid controls cholesterol metabolism. And but you know, you, but putting somebody on thyroid, you can get actually a, a a bigger drop in in the cholesterol level than you can using drugs. Yes, and um, and it's much safer. You know, statin drugs are, as most people know, are toxic. You know, because brain damage, memory loss, permanent nerve damage, irreversible kidney failure, heart damage, sudden death. With actually no benefit, people with the highest cholesterol have the greatest longevity. That's right. So I, you know, cholesterol is not a thing that I, I worry about, but I look at it in terms of thyroid function. Right now, of course, you will look at uh, the good cholesterol, the HDL, that that is at an adequate level. You want it to be over eighty-five to be right. safe. And, right. And talking about HDL, what, what people may find interesting, you, you know, the concern is having a low HDL. And the number one thing that lowers a good cholesterol, the HDL cholesterol, is is insulin. Um, oh, I I heard. Okay, tell me if I'm wrong, but I heard that it also can have to do with, especially in men, lowering of testosterone as they get older. The the HDL goes down. Well, um, no, I I think it would still be related to insulin. All right, good. Um, because you have to remember, um, the um, at the same time that their testosterone is going down, so has their you know their progesterone is non-existent. Correct. And, okay. And testosterone also has an effect on insulin, not as much as progesterone, but so I think it's the drop in you insulin. know. So now they have nothing. To, so so now the so they're, now they're running higher insulin levels because okay. they have nothing to protect them from it. And huh. I think so. Um, Wow, so, yeah, anyway, interesting, interesting. I, and 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 uh, uh, yesterday I talked to somebody, and she had a uh, relatively low. F- so then, if people test for these thyroid hormones, you test for T for the free T four. That's the better way to test, and the free T three, correct, and the TSH. <clears throat> That's correct. So, uh-huh. do you also recommend that everybody will test for the reverse T three? Well, not really. I uh, I don't really look at it that much because um, um, if they're if, if if they're low in T three because it's it's been reversed or for another reason, it's all treated the same way. So, um, what do you mean? I by find that? it interesting, but I, I don't need it. I don't need that test. You don't need. Oh, sorry, I, you, you don't need. Oh, I don't. I don't need. I. In other words, I can. I don't need a, free, a reverse T three in order to treat somebody with an underactive okay. thyroid. Okay. Um. I don't want to get too technical, but I, the person had very low free T four, so that means that the thyroid is not producing the free T four. Uh, from tests that she had done years ago, she does not have an autoimmune disease. So it is not that her thyroid is exhausted from fighting off antibodies and therefore cannot produce the free the T4. Um, but at the same time, her thyroid stimulating hormone, which would be elevated in order, in order to help the thyroid produce the T4, uh, her TSH was actually low as well, like 0.6. Right. And and so then I started thinking and I and maybe uh, maybe <laughs> I do it sometimes and not not too often. But okay. then I started thinking about several times in the conversation she kept using the word stress. I'm stressed about this, stressed about that. 
And so then I thought the pituitary gland, which makes a slew of hormones, 8 to 10 hormones, it cannot produce more than 100% hormones. You cannot make 110%. So 100% hormones. So if those are all equally divided, and all of a sudden she is talking about stress, stress, stress. So her probably her cortisol and adrenaline is elevated, which are two hormones that are stimulated in through the hormones in the pituitary. Maybe her TSH is therefore getting the brunt is not you know there is more percentage going to the cortisol and 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 and, and adrenaline and because of that she can just not produce enough tsh is that a thought or is that am i off base well you i don't know if you're off base but uh but you know what people don't realize and and doctors also i think uh is that there are two different basic causes for a low thyroid um you know, this primary hypothyroidism, and which is also referred to as Hashimoto's. Yes. And, um, and, and in this case, the thyroid gland itself cannot make enough thyroid. And then, but there's another cause for hypothyroidism called secondary hypothyroidism. And this is where the pituitary doesn't put out enough TSH. And, and unfortunately, doctors very often, when they check the thyroid, all they look at is the TSH, you know, uh, level. And so if the TSH level is low, you know, their thinking is, well, the person doesn't need thyroid. Because Correct. So, but unfortunately, they're not taking into consideration that there's another cause for an underactive thyroid, which is um, secondary hypothyroidism, where the pituitary just doesn't put out TSH. Correct. So it's always good, you know, it's mandatory, really, to look at the free T3 and the free T4 level, which are the actual hormone level. Correct. And... Um, but, you know, you don't need to do a thyroid test to know if somebody's low in thyroid. You just have to sit down and talk to them. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. And, but where the tests come in, they tell you exactly how low the thyroid is. Yes. And, you know, now, there are a lot of people that use things like Armour or Natrothroid, which are thyroid medications. Yes. But, but, and these, these are actually bioidentical thyroids, but they're bioidentical for pigs. They're not bioidentical for humans. Uh-huh. So, so they never have enough T4 in it. So people that are taking natural thyroid are always low in T4. And um, Thank you for so saying that. Yeah, so usually, you know, I give people a combination of a natural thyroid plus, you know, uh, some type of T4 preparation. Yes. You know, that is another, uh, that is, I, I just get a text in and the text says, finally got off Synthroid, is Naturethroid, Nature Thyroid okay? Uh, oh boy, I, you know, it just, well, I, go ahead. Yeah, I like Naturethroid, it just, like I say, it, it won't have enough T4 in it. Correct. So tell her not to throw away her Synthroid. I love that. And I, I know my clinical nutritionist, uh, Marion Bachra, is, is, is super uh, knowledgeable about all these hormones. And I need to, I need to uh, pick her brain, uh, hopefully, today as well, because it is such a complex issue. But at the same time, uh, I know she's very good at this. But all of a sudden, I'm thinking... So many people say, well, I want the natural hormone. So they want to get off the Synthroid or Levothyroxine, and they want to go on Naturethroid. But the difference is, and Dr. Platt, tell me if I'm wrong, Synthroid or Levothyroxine only gives you T4. But that may sometimes be all you need. because well, if T4, you, Yeah, T4 converts into T3. It does. So if you look at the blood test, and that's why I like the blood test idea, if you uh-huh. look at the blood test and you see that the conversion rate is good, so if if the if the T4 is about half of where it needs to be, 
but then the T3 is about half of where it needs to be, then obviously it is converting okay. So why right. would we give somebody two hormones if we really just need to stimulate the T4? So just in my opinion, for some people, synthroidal levothyroxine may actually be all they need. You're absolutely correct. Oh, good. I have to give you credit for this one, yes. <laughs> it's my creative brain working. Exactly. <laughs> well, that is true, and I, I tell people that because, uh, and, and, and I hope that our naturopath uh, listening to the show today, uh, just something to check. It, it's not because, folks, it, just because it says natural doesn't mean it's what you need, and, and you just have to work with it. This is fascinating. I actually feel really good. At the end of the show, I actually said something you agree with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got a brownie point right there. Oh, that is great. This is uh, this is really confusing uh, to a lot of people and they're so frustrated. Now, you say that primary hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's, but not everybody with low thyroid symptoms has Hashimoto's. I thought that right. uh, that you need iodine and tyrosine as the main food for the thyroid and then selenium to help the body convert T4 into T3. And so, the, uh, 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 and, and this is something that Marion, a clinical nutritionist, has told me once in some of her studies, it shows that when people have Hashimoto's, they don't have a low thyroid function because the thyroid is not getting enough iodine. The thyroid is wiped out from fighting these antibodies. And so they have to work on the Hashimoto's. Uh, it is just that the Hashimoto's is affecting the thyroid so much. So, and I, and I, I have Hashimoto's, uh, but the um, uh, if I take iodine, my thi- my TSH actually goes through the roof. It goes from, uh, and I don't take any medication. It, it goes from about a one point nine TSH to about five point six in a really? few months. Yes, every time when I take iodine. And she said when you have Hashimoto's. Be very careful with the iodine. Now, one thing that we could try is to take more tyrosine, L-tyrosine, to whatever iodine you take to indeed transport it into the thyroid. But it's uh, um, uh, it was a very interesting thought. And, and I've seen it in my own life, and I see it in my daughter's life, uh, Rebecca, you, who you have met in California. Um, she, she also is fighting the Hashimoto's. And uh, when she does the iodine, so she only does a little bit of iodine through kelp or bladder rack uh, in a natural form, but not in a, in, a, uh, in a supplement form otherwise. Okay. Have you heard of this? Is this uh, something that you wouldn't mind looking into? I, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, it is interesting. I just, uh, you know, again, that's why it makes it so complicated. But your information, my goodness, the second grade, second grade hypothyroidism. uh, So the 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 pituitary not producing enough TSH. That's what you said. Right, and by the way, you know, progesterone helps uh, stimulate the production of thyroid also. Uh, okay. I just wanted to put in another plug for progesterone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, again, folks, uh, by all means, I hope you come check this out. Dr. Platt has created his own progesterone cream. It's called, uh, Dr. Platt's Pro Max. It is a 5% progesterone cream. And we've talked a lot about it today and in the past. And I've talked to many of you about it. It is an amazing product, and it is so successful So for so many people. I have seen people with severe stress, 
and 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 I would just grab a container and said, put this on your forearm and rub it in. And literally within five, six minutes, I see their faces change. The, the stress comes off the face. And Dr. Platt is even talking about babies within two, three minutes, colic and other issues that babies have, stress, crying, not being able to sleep, bedwetting in children. Within two, three minutes, children are, are reacting to the, uh, the positive benefits of progesterone. And the Promax, it is $49.95. It is absolutely worth it. If you think about therapy and thinking about uh, uh, taking the medication that many of you get with potential side effects to actually get uh, get a result that quickly in 24 hours, uh, it, it is absolutely worth it. Your life will change for the better. And I really feel, Dr. Platt, some of the things you have said today, about uh, you know when to take it, and and for some people who have who do get hyperactive from the uh, the Promax, uh, uh, they should take it in between meals. Correct. That's correct. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, this has uh, been absolutely fascinating. I I really want to thank you for everything you have told us today. I uh, this is obviously a conversation that is not over yet. I I hope to get you back sooner than later. That we can okay. continue this. <laughs> so I, I wish you and your wife a wonderful Christmas season. And I, I hope that all will be well. And uh, and that uh, that people will come uh, call you and pick your brain. So I thank you so much for being here today. All the best to you. And uh, we'll talk again next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.